Thanks for tuning in to our podcast at Lighthouse 805. This week is a special message around the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> and he goes, or he goes, on a, a scale of zero to 100%, do you believe in a higher power? And I was like, 100%, believe in a higher power. And he goes, now on a, on a scale of zero to 100%, do you believe that there's an afterlife? Well, you will make it into that heaven. And what's that percentage? And I was like, 100%. And he froze and, and he goes, I, I've never had someone give me 100% before. And I was like, I was kind of alarmed because I was like, I'm a pastor in this city. What do you mean you haven't heard anyone give 100%? <laughs> and it just shocked me. I was like, what, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, everyone believes there's a higher power, but not everyone believes that they can meet up with the higher power one day because they don't think they'll make it in. Yeah. And he goes, it doesn't matter what religion is. Everyone has this doubt. And he goes, you have 100%. Like, what? Why are you different? And I was like, let me tell you. <laughs> Let me give you a minute. Uh, halfway through a conversation, he just packed up and left. So yeah. he'll just, he'll, maybe he found Jesus later on. But I, I remember thinking that, like, that really alarmed me. Like, they, not, not everyone, there's some kind of doubt. You don't believe that you fully will see the throne of God? Like, the, the, there's, the preliminary test is too difficult to pass the, the gates of heaven? What's interesting is there, uh, the more I talk to people, the more there is a doubt, even small. It's crazy. And so I, I'm doing this study on Paul, and, and something that stuck out was Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And I fully believe that God didn't want our faith to just be this unintangible thing that's just imaginary and make-believe and just up in the air. But he wanted to give a, a, a tangible thing that we could see, we could feel, we could, we could experience on this earth to, to give evidence that what we believe is real and it's in the form of the Holy Spirit as evidenced by the scripture. And the interesting thing is, I think so many people have discredited the Holy Spirit or made it weird and creepy. So you're just, ah, I'm good. And we throw away the evidence that God has set aside. And it's crazy. It, it blows my mind. And, and I want to talk about that today, about a proof of your truth. When you heard the word of truth. Number one is, is salvation. The, the scripture's broken down. It says, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. I just want to look at that core structure for just a moment. It's really interesting because in salvation, it's, it's easy to look at this, the word of truth, right? We can, we can hear something that sounds really good, and it's like, man, that has got to be true. You know, someone throws out a scripture reference and you just take it like, wow, that's, that's accurate. And you never look it up, right? And it's like, that's got to be, and you just start quoting it so much where it's not even a verse, but they just, it sounded good, so it became a verse. The word of truth, the word of truth. There's a lot of true things on this earth, but there's only one truth. And I love how the writer says, heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, right? It's not good enough that we hear a good truth and we rely on it, but we have to have the gospel of salvation. It's, there is only one truth, that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. He died and rose again on the, on the cross. 
who rose from the grave for us. There's truth to it. And the last part of salvation, it's that we believed in him. That's so easy to miss that sometimes. Like, yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he rose again. I believe in the truth. I'm good. I'm set. Done. Check the box. Right? But it's believed in him. There's this moving forward with it. Right? Do we believe in the past that Jesus did? Or do we believe in the past and the future of what he's doing? Right? It's, it's not an and or an or. I'm sorry, it's an and. It's not just an or. And I think that as believers, it's really easy to convince or convince ourselves that, yes, I, you know what? I see there's evidence. See that there's a, there's a uh, Jesus in the throne and he is orchestrating my life because there, nothing could be that coincidence that these things have lined up. And then we, we, we say, you know, I believe it, I accept it, I'm saved, I have Jesus Christ within me, I believe it. But then do we believe on the flip side that the inheritance is coming? Like, is there any doubt in your mind? Like, will I make it past those gates? Or, you know what, you tried, you did well, not good enough. There's no amount of actions that we could do to make it past the gates of heaven. It's, it's believing in Jesus Christ that his blood shed covered all our sins and we're adopted into the faith. We're adopted into his family. Right? There, there's something more to it. and It's crazy. Salvation, I, I just want to talk about what happens after salvation? How do we, how do we feel it? How do we, how do we grasp it? What are we gaining from this? So number two, there's this key word that Paul throws out there that I absolutely love. Number two, sealed. Going back to the verse one, one more time. In him also, you were, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed. Sealed. Can, if you have your Bible, a physical Bible, draw on that, highlight it. We have highlighter in the, most of the pins on the chairs. Some of the pins don't have highlighters. Most of them do. Highlight it. If you have your phone, you know, just take the pen. You can highlight it. You can wipe it off later. That's fine. Just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for laughing on that. I appreciate that. Dad humor. We, you know, just got it. Um, this is crazy. Sealed. Why would Paul utilize the word sealed when it has to do with our faith pertaining to the Holy Spirit. In, in Paul's timeline, in his time frame, a seal meant four things. Four, four different things. And they all, he's utilizing this word pertaining to our life because all four things relate to how the Holy Spirit is in our life as proof and evidence that we are saved. It's really interesting. So a, the, the first thing that a seal represents is a finished transaction. That's crazy. Whenever you purchase something, a large field back in Paul's day, you showed up with a pile of gold or a camel and you wanted to do some business. You bought something. It was sealed. There was a documentation. Wax was poured out and the seal of the owner was transitioned to the new owner, right? There was a transaction that happened a seal occurred, right? It's, it's, it's the same as a contract nowadays. If you go and buy a car, you don't show up with wax and pour it and they both stamp it. You sign a contract and you have a thing and they have a thing, right? There is some, some sort of seal. When you graduate college, did you ever think it was kind of interesting that there is a seal sticker placed on it? That's, that's where this is coming from. 
this era, a seal is put on saying, you have earned this, you own this now. This diploma, this degree, these, these years of education, a transaction has happened, and now you own it. And the interesting thing is when, when Paul is referring to this, it says, when you believed him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. There is an owner, there is a transaction that has happened saying, I believe in Jesus. And Paul says, because you have accepted in your heart, now it is sealed that you have a transaction has happened. Jesus has poured his blood, has purchased your life from sin, and the transaction has occurred. It's crazy. There, he has purchased your life. Meaning, when you get to heaven, the purchase is already done. There's no negotiations. If I go to Walmart and buy a TV and I take it home, I can't bring it back and say, you know what? I just wanna, I just wanna renegotiate. They're gonna think you're crazy, <laughs> right? And you may have been like the fourth or fifth person that's tried to do that that day, because that happens there. But, just kidding, I love Walmart, it's okay. <laughs> transaction, sealed. A sealed represents a transaction. It's mind-boggling. When we get to heaven, we can't have any doubt because the purchase has already happened. B, ownership. When a seal takes place, an owner is in charge of it. Just like with our, with our degree from our diploma, you own that degree, right? And you can only own it because the owner who has transmitted the four years to you has given that to you. The owner of the field, that seal represents, I own this field. This land is mine right? The ownership happens. It's crazy. Well, the interesting thing is in Paul's day, when you didn't really hop on an airplane to get somewhere, right? The, the transportation was a little bit slower. You had to get on a boat, right? And when you got on a boat, what would happen is all your luggage, all your possessions, when you, you want to just go on a day trip and go, oh, I'm going to go here, then here, then here. you were packing up for a long visit, right? You put all of your possessions into a crate, a box, some container, it would be closed and then wax was poured on it and sealed, this is mine, I own it. And so Paul is actually referencing this on his, on his boat excursions, if you will. He's like, the seal on my luggage down below is like the seal on our lives from God. The seal is represented by the Holy Spirit, that he has ownership over us. And whatever he owns belongs to him. There's no questioning when we die. He's like, no, there, there is no, do, do you belong here or not? There is none of that. Because he says, oh, this is one of mine. My seal is upon you. I see you. The Holy Spirit is standing next to you. you get, what are you doing? Why are you waiting? Why are you standing there? You're questioning as if you don't belong here? Right? It, it's silly to think that. Ownership. Matthew 13, verse 45 through 46 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. This, this is the same concept, this ownership. It's crazy. Paul is so genius when he writes. He's such an intellectual. He's just like this brilliant scholar because he's referencing the sealed luggage down below and this other scripture that Matthew wrote about as pearl being purchased. And he's saying this ownership transaction has occurred. This field is purchased, and like the field, God has purchased you because his blood was shed. Ownership has taken place. 
And see, the, the, the third seal represents security. Security, if, if you say it like that. Sometimes a seal was used as a warning to others not to touch something. This is interesting. Because on the same luggage Paul's referencing and saying, this is the ownership, this is mine, I, this belongs to me, blah, you know, whatever. He's also saying that seal, if it's broken and someone robs it, they will die. He's like, my seal's on it. I have guards. Look how illustrious it is, meaning I have more money to hire more people to kill you. That's, that's what's happening. There's security involved with a seal because whoever the owner is has the money and, and tools and equipment to go after anyone that would mess with that seal. With God, he has placed the seal of the Holy Spirit over us saying, if anyone messes with you, my full authority will be coming after them. When the, when the enemy comes upon you, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. My full authority, my full power, my full everything I have at my extent is going to come after and combat that. There's security over you. And D, authority. Authenticity, not authority. I need to increase my font size. Authenticity. <laughs> Signature or a wax seal on letter indicates that the letter is genuinely from the sender. You know what I love about just about God and the fact that he, he, he writes in this letter that the Holy Spirit is like a seal over our lives. And with authenticity, what that represents is when, when we're saved and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us, we have authenticity, meaning we have signs, wonders, miracles. We can pray over someone. We have the authority that if we pray over someone, they can get healed. We, can, we, can, we have the, the gift of knowledge. All of a sudden, God will just give you a word of wisdom to speak over someone's life. and like, hey, I just want to encourage you. Say it. And they're like, how did you know that? You know, it's because we have this authenticity. We have this seal that represents the Holy Spirit, the God, the living God is within us. And he's acting. It's, it's evidence. Romans 8 and 9 says, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. That's not a scary verse at all. It's crazy when we, when we just ignore the fact the Holy Spirit dwells within us or, or we just don't want to be weird or anything like that. It's, it's this saying, you know what, I don't want to have the authenticity of displaying what I truly am. Let me kind of stay back. Let me stay away from that. Let me, I don't want my authenticity to get out on that one. Number three, What I love about this is we have, we have the ability that we're saved by Christ. We have this ownership. We have all this stuff. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. But number three, station. I want to talk about what the Holy Spirit's station in our life is. Going back to our core scripture one more time. In him you also when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. 
And I think a lot of believers have a fear of getting to heaven and standing before a judge and not the gracious God who sacrifices life. Like, well, what does it say? I, what, if, what if I die on a day that I do something stupid? I don't have time to repent. What, what, if, what if this? And we start thinking, what ifs and what if? And, and am I good enough? And um, what's going to happen? And, and all this other thing. And, and the interesting thing is, what if our mindset was less of what if, and it, instead it was an anticipation of the inheritance that God has in store for us? Right? There's a, there's a little bit of a difference when, have you ever gone towards like a loved one and you know, you, you've grieved and all this stuff and it's, you're moving towards the inheritance moment? And you're like, man, I, I can move on. I, like I'm able to receive what they have left for me. Right? There, there's this kind of remembrance. There's this excitement. There's this, I am taking on what you have left behind for me right? It's not like it's someone else is going to run in and grab the inheritance and run away that's like not related to you. They're just going to, oh, oh, I really like this. That's kind of, that's weird, right? And yet that's what the enemy is trying to do to us, make us fearful to show up to that appointment with the lawyer so we avoid it so the enemy can swoop in and steal our inheritance away. And that's what's happening in our faith. Why, why should we be scared of what God has left in store for us? It's an inheritance. It's not a judgment throne. <laughs> That's what we need to have. And so the, the Holy Spirit is stationed with us as evidence that our inheritance is coming. And in the meantime, he's with us. So what is he doing? Why is he stationed? What, what's, what's going on here? Why is the Holy Spirit the most, like, untalked about thing in churches? Right? You go to a church and like they have the one Holy Spirit message like once a year on like a Wednesday night. And it's just like, you know, it's all quiet. You know, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm just different. I like talking about the Holy Spirit. Stationed. What is the Holy Spirit stationed to do? If he's with us all the time, as the Bible would indicate over and over and over, and he is the evidence that inheritance is coming, what is he doing? Is he a free rider? Is he just hanging out? Is he a hitchhiker in our lives? A, protect you. Never take the protection of the Holy Spirit lightly. And I remember my mom would always say, like, I'm praying for a hedge of angels to go around you. I'm praying for protection of your life. I'm praying for, you know, the God to guard you. And, the, you know, all, she would always be praying for protection of my life. And I'm like, okay, mom. <laughs> like, just don't say that when you drop me off at school, please. <laughs> like, okay, do whatever you want. <laughs> just don't say that at school. And I remember thinking, like, that's such a weird prayer. But then when you get older, you realize, oh, that was a genuine, real, it protected me kind of prayer. I remember um, I really stopped keeping track of how many times, like, I almost died and thinking that was a God moment. I just, that's not even on one hand. That's not on two hands anymore. That's, that's, that's up there. And uh, I remember one time, uh, God's protection, I walked away living, realizing there, that was God, and then everyone else around me was like, I don't know what just happened. And I remember I was driving, it was in high school, I was hanging out with a buddy, we went golfing after high school, we hung out, it got really late, and then I'm trying to drive home through downtown Portland, which is all, like all one-way streets, and I'm completely lost, and I'm going around, 
and I, I'm coming up to a yellow light, and I'm like, and I see the sign for my, the freeway I have to get on, and it's all detour and construction, and I turn around as if I could read through the back of the sign, because, you know, like, <laughs> if you've already done that, like, oh, yeah, and I go through the intersection, yellow light becomes red light, and a 15-passenger van hit me going 65 miles per hour, um, which, that's a pretty big van, especially if you're in a little Buick from the 80s. <laughs> and so I remember um, I have glimpses of memories of the engine. F- so he hit me at the front part. The engine flew down the street. Uh, the tires exploded. All my windows exploded because of the concussion. Uh, craziness, right? And I'm just like, what just happened? Like, fully alert. And I remember I got out of the car. I'm just kind of walking around like, man, that was the most insane. And a tow truck driver was like, I guess he was parked near the 7-Eleven, saw it, called 911 as he saw it happen. So the ambulance and the fire truck got there immediately. They were working on that guy. And then the, the guy ran over to my car. And I'm just kind of standing there. And I'm just like, man, like, wow. And he's like, pushes me out of the way. And he's like, where's the body? Where's the person that was it? Did someone drag? And I'm like, that's me. I was in there. He goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand this kind of wreck. They, you know, people don't walk away. And I was like, that's me. And then he's like, looks at me, looks at the car, and he's like, uh, why don't you lay on the ground really quick? And he's like, inspect, I'm like, I'm fine, like, I'm good to go. And so then, you know, we go to the, uh, he takes me to the hospital anyways, and then my parents meet me there, and then the next day, my dad was like, being my dad, uh, Pat, you remember my dad, <laughs> you remember your dad, he's like, he's like, where's the car, we have to go get, and he's like, we gotta get your golf clubs out of the car. <laughs> that was, he's like, we got, because the golf clubs are worth more than the car. And so then, we go and we go to the, it's true, true story. Do you remember that car? Yeah, oh man, that was, that was a fun little car. Uh, so we go to the junkyard and then as soon as we walk in, we're like looking around, we're trying to find the car and my dad makes a joke. He goes, look at that mess of car. That car is so, like he's just going off on a laughing. I was like, oh, I think that's the car. And he was just like, solemn face, didn't say another word the rest of the day. Go to the car, grab the golf clubs, and leave, it just doesn't even talk. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, that, that was only the protection of God. I remember getting out the golf clubs and I walked back to the passenger seat and there's this thing called, uh, I think it's called the, the firewall. There's like a metal where your feet go. So right where my, my toes were, right past the pedals, that was perfect and then half an inch more fully destroyed, right? It was just, just that. And it looked like where the passenger seat, if someone was in the passenger seat, they would have, they wouldn't have been alive. It, was, it looked like a whole bubble was around my seat when you looked at it. And it was this moment of the protection of God was there. That is, it's crazy. Do you know how many times that God is protecting us and it's evident? It, that is the evidence that we are saved. That is the evidence that there is inheritance coming. That is the evidence that God is real and he is in our lives. And when we get to heaven, there is no, there is no judgment. There is no sitting where we're like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to make it in. Are you kidding? Why would God be protecting your whole life only to say, you know what? Nah. That's ridiculous to think. Let me, let me take care of you for 50, 60, 70, 90, 100 years. But on the last one, you're out. That's ridiculous, right? B, the second station he takes up is guidance. He guides you. And I'm very thankful this personally. How many times I want to say something stupid to people? 
how many times I just want to like just go, oh, you know what? Let me tell you how I really feel. And I just feel the Holy Spirit go, no, you won't. I'm in this with you. <laughs> he, will, he will work on your life and he will guide you. There are these moments. Everyone's laughing because you're like, oh, I man. You're reflecting those moments like last week. I'm so glad I didn't say that. I'm so glad I didn't do that. Oh, my goodness. I remember my mom would always be like, we would be driving to a parking lot, and she would just pray. She'd be like, I'm praying for a parking spot. And I'm like, you're going to use up the Holy Spirit looking for a parking spot? <laughs> I, I, I used to think, like, the Holy Spirit was related to, like, movies of, like, magic shows. Like, you only have so many charges of prayer. And then once you use that, you have to wait till like, next year, and, there, and there's, like, rollover minutes maybe on the Holy Spirit. Like, I didn't, I didn't know how it works as I was a kid, yeah. right? But because it's not talked about, a lot of people think like that. Oh, I don't want to waste my prayer on this, because what if God hears this, but he doesn't hear this other one? We need to realize that God is here to guide us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times it's like, oh, I don't hear God speak. Well, you haven't taken the time to listen. And it's this time to say, you know what? I'm going to devote each day. I'm going to take five minutes, quiet time. I'm just going to spend and listen for the Holy Spirit to speak to me and to speak through me. C, the other station is remind you. Remind you. I heard this story of this, this woman, uh, this lady. I don't know, it's super inspiring and then kind of comical at the same time. There was this lady, she had, she had walked into the doctor, she was feeling sick, and the doctor was like, you know what, it's, it's your time. You have three months left. That's it. And she felt at peace in her life. You know, she was towards the end of her life, and she was like, you know what, I've lived a full life. I've done everything I want to do. I've, I've seen everything I want to see. It's overwhelming. I now thought long-term just became short-term. So she's like, you know what, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to meet up with my pastor. And so she met up with the pastor. And she's like, I, I want to get my affairs in order, but I'm also believing that God's going to heal me. And so uh, he's like, let's, let's pray. Pray for healing. They pray for healing. And she goes, but I want to go through my affairs. Um, if I should die sooner than I think, or I li- live another 30, 40, 50, who knows? Um, I want to make sure that people know what's going to happen at my service. And he's like, okay, we, we can talk about that. And faith will believe you're healed, but we're going to talk about that too. And so she's like, okay, I want this worship song. I want people, I want people happy because I lived a full life. I want, you know, it's like more of a party and celebration. She goes through and he's like, okay, I got it. I'll keep it in the file cabinet, you know, and we'll just someday. And so then he's like, great. You know, they, they hug and, they, and he was leaving. And then she goes, oh, wait, I've got one thing. And he's like, okay. And she's like, when, she's like, I know you're going to be up there. All right, you know, I'm going to be in the casket at some point in my life. Can you, can you put a Bible in there in one hand and, and a fork in the other? And he was like, I think I misunderstood you. Can you say it one more time? She's like, my Bible. I need my Bible. And he goes, no, I get your Bible. What was the, you said a, a what? A fork. A fork. You know, what you eat with. And he goes, uh, What? <laughs> And he's like, do you have a special fork? It was like a memento. And she goes, ah, any fork will do. And then he goes, okay, I, I'm going to need to know more, what's going on here. And she goes, well, every time, every time we get to a, a gathering or anything like that, we're all eating and then we finish 
And then they always say, you know, hold on to your fork. And she goes, because something better is coming. Something better is coming. And forever, whenever we go to church, there's food there. So I got I to gotta imagine as a reminder that I want to keep my fork next to me, next to my Bible, to know that something better is coming. You know, this earth was great, but something better is coming. And I want that. I want that. I want people to see it too. And he's like, okay. And so then uh, however much time passed, uh, you know, she passed away, had the Bible, had the fork. And then people kept asking, like, why does she have a fork in there? <laughs> Walk through. And he, he's like, I, he, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't want to tell anyone tell the service, right? So everyone's just like, should we take the fork? I think someone left the fork in there. Did she die while she was eating? <laughs> like, what is that? You know, and so they left it. And then she, he kept, because um, at a memorial service, the pastor usually sits right up there, or waits, and everyone, the procession, they walk through, they look, and, you know, everything is meet and greet, and it was at the beginning, not at the end, and so the service starts, and he goes, you might have noticed in the casket something unusual, and everyone's like, yeah, that was her most favorite Bible, and so he's like, he's like leading it on, and then he gets to the, gets to the fork, and he's like, you know what, she believed that something better was to come, and, and he says that I fully believe that, you know, there is something better to come, there's something better to come. This earth isn't it. It's not going to stop here. And I fully believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, all of us, that's a reminder that something better is coming. Right? This, this life isn't, this isn't the end-all, be-all. This isn't it. It doesn't stop here. This is not the finality. It's the Holy Spirit. It's like the fork. It's just a reminder. Something better is coming. And God, God is directing us, he's leading us, he's speaking in us and through us and all of this. And, and it's all a reminder. That, man, heaven's going to be so good. And it's not, we're not halted or stopped. We're not sitting before the judge answering five million questions about on August 17th, 19 blah, blah, blah. Why did you say this to little Billy? What? You know, that's not what that's about. Holy Spirit, let's remind us. Let's pray. Lord, and we, we thank you for our salvation. We thank you that accepting you into our hearts, believing that you're the one true God. We believe that you died and rose again for our sins, for who we are. And we're saved. We're saved by your grace. Lord, I, I pray for something supernatural to happen, just the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, which he already is. He's already there. But here's what I pray, God, specifically. However small that we feel that he's actively working in our lives, I pray that we would actively seek after the Holy Spirit, that we'd actively ask for more, that we'd actively ask for his guidance, his protection. The seal that he is over our lives represents so much more than just worshiping you on a Sunday morning. It's a lifestyle that we can live. 
it's, it's how we weather storms. It's, it's how we get fed. It's how we move from dry seasons into active seasons. It's how we move from doing nothing to doing everything, God. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Just right where you're at, your eyes are closed. Can you put your hand on your heart? Just everyone in here. Holy Spirit, we know you're already in our lives. We know that you dwell within us. Lord, we invite you to actively be more. Infill us even more with your spirit. Grow our relationship. Let hope and grace and mercy and joy and comfort Holy Spirit, you are the proof of the truth of Jesus Christ dying and rising for us. Let us see the supernatural. Let us see the moral. Let us just shower us with your evidence. We want to see the kingdom grow, God. In mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For other messages, opportunities to give, Find out what else is going on at Lighthouse 805. Visit us at lighthouse805.com. See you next time.